Welcome to the B-Ball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are analyzing the playoff windows for the teams in the Western Conference. This is going to be part one of a two-part series. Next week, we're going to do the East, and I kind of just wanted to analyze um, for each team, where do you think they are in regards to a playoff window? Is it this year? Is it next year? Um, Are they in year, you know, three of three are they a year one of three and I feel like that's really important because sometimes a team will lose in the playoffs like the Jazz last year where it was like okay everyone decided you know the Jazz kind of had their coming out party last year super efficient offense you know yada 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 then they play the Clippers Terrence Mann has that game where he scores like 64 points and uh, hits all those threes and it's like all right Rudy Gobert is useless in the playoffs the Jazz cannot win and like it's over And in my mind, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like the Jazz, in my opinion, this year is year two of their three-year window. I think last year was year one, and it would have been great if they won it that year, but they didn't. But it's it's not all over now. And I feel like the media nowadays, like it's just what's happening today. It's never like looking back, never looking forward. And then there's teams like the Grizzlies this year where they're having an unbelievable season, huge breakout year for Jaw and really the whole team in general. And all of a sudden, they're going to lose in the playoffs. And then, you know, whatever the morning show is or, you know, the radio afternoon drive show is just going to be poking holes of, like, Jaws going to the Knicks. He can, can't win in a small market. Like, yada, 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 whatever it is. And uh, I refuse to do that on this podcast. We, we will not be doing that. And uh, we're just going to be getting into uh, what I think are well-researched takes with some data to back them up. So let's start with the Jazz. Um, like I said, I think they're near two of their three-year window. Um, I don't think they have an old roster, but I don't think they have a young roster. I mean, a lot of the times when you're in your window, most of the time you have players in their prime. I would say players prime in the NBA is roughly like age 26 to like maybe 33. And it's different on, on both ends. You know, there's some guys that come in the league and, you know, they're instantly great. And there's some guys where it's just like, they just remain productive till they're like 35, and I don't really know how they do that, but they do. Uh, but the Jazz, I think last year was year one, right? And then year two, it, it's still strong. They got their star players locked up in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I think they're just like A-plus all-star players. And then, you know, losing Ingles to the injury hurt this year, but, you know, they have really strong pieces. They have Bogdan. <laughs> this is a name I've practiced quite a few times, Bogdanovich. He is 32. He's got one more uh, year on his deal next year. He is a, a really strong offensive player, a weak defensive player, but, he, you know, he's aging. He, he's 32. He's at the back end of his prime right now. 33 next year. You know, who knows on the business side if he gets re-signed. Mike Conley, another uh, valuable piece to the team. He got re-signed in the offseason. He's 34 years old now. He got a three-year deal. Um, but I don't know how productive he's going to be at age 36 in that third year. You know, there's just, there's no way to know, but if history is an indicator, probably not going to be a super valuable player. Um, Jordan Clarkson is 29 years old, so he's right in his prime. He has one more year on his deal and then he has a player option after that, which I would, I don't know. I would guess he's going to decline, you know, and then try to get a bigger deal. So you start to run into the problem of like, okay, you have, um, couple of your role players in their 30s, like a guy like Mike Conley, who's an important player on the team, is 34, where it's like, I don't know how many years he's really going to have as a really productive player, because like the cliff's going to be coming. And then you start to have contracts coming up, where it's Bogdanovich, it's Clarkson, 
And, you know, you start to worry of like, can we keep this team together? Because already losing Ingles, it, you know, hurt quite a bit this year. Um, so I think the Jazz, like I said, are year in, in year two of their three-year window. I think um, if they don't win it this year, you know, you st- that's when you start to hear things like the back's against the wall. We got one more year to do this. If we don't do this, like who knows, maybe a player gets traded, you know, and, and then it's just it, it's tough when, you know, you start to see it start to slip away from you where it's like, I, I don't know if we can win a championship after those years. Uh, next, we're going to go to the Clippers. I think the Clippers have a, a really strong three-year window. So Kawhi um, has obviously missed the entire year. Paul George has missed a ton of time. But next year, Kawhi is going to be 31 and Paul George 32. So kind of the back end of their primes. They're both under contract for two more years after this one and then plus player options. So uh, it's unclear. It's too many years away to know if they'll pick those up or you know try to get an extension or whatever that is. But their two stars are there, still really productive. And then on top of that, they have a young core. They have Terrence Mann, 25 years old. Um, he's under contract for the next three years, emerging, I think, one of the better 3 and D players in the league. Luke Kennard, he's 25 years old. They got him for three more years. Super elite shooter. I, I feel like I talk about Kennard every episode of this podcast. Um, and then they traded for Powell. He's 28. They have him on a four-year deal. And I think he is starting to look like a really strong six-man-of-the-year uh, candidate, really strong offensive player. Um, not so strong on defense, but uh, strong shooter. It has a lot of valuable skills. So I'd say that's your core for the next three years. And the Clippers, we've seen they're willing to spend money. They have they have other guys on the roster. They have Zubak. He's uh, one more one more year after this, I think. He's a younger player. Reggie Jackson's on the books for one more year after this. So they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of talent. Uh, but they have their their two star players and, and a lot around them, so I think that windows it's a strong three three year window. You look at this year; they didn't have their best player the entire year. Paul George missed a ton of time, and they're still a five hundred team. Like that supporting cast is, it's a well coached team. Uh, everybody knows their roles. I think they play a, a really modern offensive game, and you know it just it all looks good from from all the angles I'm looking at it from. So we'll move on from them. And we're going to be talking about the Grizzlies. So I think the Grizzlies have had a fantastic year, but I don't think it's realistic to say that their playoff window has opened yet. I think Jaw has had his breakout year, is just a superstar, really fun to watch. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. has broken out as a legit cornerstone defensive piece. And they have a lot of depth on the team. I went into the uh, the database here at BBI and we have LeBron, which is our overall impact metric. And so I just sort of like a thousand minutes. So basically, like if you're if you're a starter and you play a lot, you play about like twenty five hundred ish minutes, I'd say, in a season. So a thousand minutes is like a good ch- chunk of if you're playing over that, you play right. And they have every player that's played over a thousand minutes has an above average LeBron, which is just unreal depth. That that's that's crazy. I don't I I haven't gone super far back into the database but like that might be the only that's the only time i've ever seen it um they have some pieces that i think are are really strong desmond bain is in his second year super good shooter um high volume high efficiency so we have our perimeter shooting grade which takes into account your shot quality uh your shot creation and your shot making so basically takes everything from three-point shooting and tries to take into account when you're doing more difficult things Puts it all in a blender, spits it out. He's number one among wings 
in the entire league this year. He's right above Jason Tatum and Zach Levine, and that's like really elite company to be in. And then another role player I like a lot is uh, DeAnthony Melton. He is fourth in our D-LeBron, which is our defensive overall impact stat, uh, among guards. So fourth among guards in the league this year. That's a really strong indicator of a good defender. So like I said, they have their cornerstone pieces in Jaw and Jaron Jackson Jr. And they have basically like someone dumped out a bunch of puzzle pieces on the ground. And it was like, all right, we got a bunch of guys. The next two years, you need to figure out how you can fit these guys together. Because you're not going to be able to keep everybody. You know, just the way the salary cap works, you can't keep seven or eight or nine above average players on your team for five years. You just don't have the money to do it. So the next two years, they're really going to have to figure that out. Super young roster. I think Steven Adams is the only player on the team above the age of 26. So really young, really talented. Um, and they're not rebuilding anymore. Like they, they did the, the thing that you do first. You acquire a bunch of talent and now they're they're just building. They're building towards a championship and excited to see where they go. Next is Denver. I think Denver has the largest championship window of any team. So not this year because they have too many injuries. But they have their core four guys. They have Joker, who is the reigning MVP, playing at, honestly, he should win the MVP again this year. He's in his prime. He's 27 years old. They have Jamal Murray, who's out with a torn ACL, but showed in the 2020 playoff bubble that he's capable of playing at an extremely high level. Good shooter, just good offensive player overall. They have Michael Porter Jr., who's out with, it's, it's kind of scary. He's out with his second back injury. Um and I think he's like 23 years old, but he's an extremely good shooter when he's healthy, um, good player. Then they traded for Aaron Gordon. When they traded for Aaron Gordon last year, I thought like, oh, this is the missing piece, like athleticism, versatility, size, where it's like this, like this team is deep. When Aaron Gordon's like your fourth best player, like that starts to be like a team with a lot of talent. So not this year because um, Murray and Porter Jr. are out with injuries. But I think going forward, they have the largest playoff window, I think, of any team in the league. Um, I, I really, I would bet money that if they're healthy, that they're going to win a ring here in the next three years, uh, you know, after this season. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix is really hard to figure out what their playoff window is because they're obviously... Super great team this year, right? I think they just hit 60 wins, right? So they're an elite team, but so much hinges on Chris Paul because I can't tell if the window is is this year or next year or it's going to continue after that because Chris Paul is so old that, like, the cliff's going to come at some point. Nobody knows when it is, but, like, there's just – there's going to become a time where he is not an all-NBA level player. <laughs> uh, and then Devin Booker is your best player. And, like, I don't, I don't really know how – far you can get with that because Booker's a really good player but I just can't see him realistically ever being a top 10 player because he's he's such a weak defender and to be in that top 10 guys like Durant LeBron um they just they're Chris you know Chris Paul when he was in his prime like they're they're you you can't you just can't bleed that many points on defense and Devin Booker just is a weak defender I, I don't know I don't know how else to say it um they have a lot of interesting pieces DeAndre Ayton is going to be a restricted free agent this year. They have Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. So they do have a lot of talent. Uh, they seem really well coached. But it, that one, I it's hard to put my finger on because it's like, a, does Chris Paul kind of have like a Steve Nash type career where he, he just keeps going at that elite level? Something about that desert, man, that heat, it just kind of keeps everything like looser. You know, there's a reason all those old people are there. Um, Lakers, I think their window has shut, unfortunately. 
Um, I don't know what this team's going to do. Anthony Davis is the only player under contract after next season. And I think THT might have a player option. Um, but barring an amazing trade in the offseason, <laughs> I just don't see it for the Lakers. Who knows? They might trade Kwame Brown for Pau Gasol again, but um, it seems unlikely. Golden State, this is another tough one um, because I think one of the more interesting parts of Steph and Clay to an extent is their skill sets seem like they would age really well, right? Steph's 34. He's still you know top five-ish player in the league, I'd say pretty comfortably. Um, doesn't seem to be slowing down. And it's just interesting with Golden State because Steph's 34, Draymond's 32. They definitely can win a championship this year. And then moving forward, it's hard because it's good because the organization seems to, you know, really, ever since new ownership, really been run well. They have a great coach. They spend a lot of money. They are crazy high into the luxury tax. Um, but it's just hard to say. They've done a good job reloading when, you know, Clay got hurt and Steph broke his hand. There was that really tough year. But, you know, they got guys like Jordan Poole, who's 22 years old, having a breakout year, looks to be a really strong offensive player. They have Kaminga, who's 19 years old as a rookie, and he looks like he has some really impressive physical gifts and, and quite a few highlights for a rookie. Um, we forget about James Wiseman. He's only 20. I know it's a concern because he hasn't played a lot of basketball in the last three years, but if you watched his rookie year, it was you know obvious that he was you know struggled as a 19-year-old rookie, which is okay, especially as a center, but there were... I mean, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid where, like, some of those flashes were just absolutely, like, absurd. So I think he's still a really valuable player. He might not match their timeline um, of the next three years. Um, so he might get traded. And I think if I'm a team, I'm really going after him hard in a trade. But uh, I think there's a lot of value on Golden State on both ends of the scale. Like, they have their their veteran players are still good. They're all under big contracts, but they're still performing. And, like, even Clay's come back, and he's still been, like, he's a pretty good player. Like, you know, maybe not what he was before, but he missed two years and is still a, a positive offensive player. And then, you know, the, the franchise just finds value in guys like Gary Payton II, stuff like that. So, I don't know. I think the future's looking bright for Golden State. Timberwolves, I think the window has not opened yet. I think this team is really similar to the Hornets. I know I did an episode um Maybe now it was about two months ago on the Hornets. And it's just one of those things where it's like Anthony Edwards looks to be on trajectory um, of a star player, a top 25 player. Cat's already a top 25 player. So that's a good combination. D'Angelo Russell is an intriguing third best player on your team. Um, but then it, it starts to fall off there. There's guys like Jared Vanderbilt, who seems to be a good defensive player, super good rebounder. But after those pieces, like I just don't know if there's enough just talent on the roster and then I would like to see them get specifically some impact players uh, defensively on the roster. Um, I think they're maybe like one or two guys away and maybe just, you know, one or two years away of, you know, Anthony Edwards just, just needs to continue to mature and, and, and progress as a player. But, you know, the future's looking bright for them. I just don't think they're, they're quite there. Um, same for the Mavs. I think the window is not there um, for them as well. It, it's hard with them. They're going to be the last team we cover, but... They have Luka, right? So you obviously have your superstar player. And that makes things easier, right? You slide everybody in behind him. But it's difficult with this team because on the plus side, they've never really been afraid to spend money. But they they always have a lot of like 
like pretty good veteran players where it's like you have Tim Hardaway Jr. You just traded for Dinwiddie. You have uh, Bertans. And it's the thing is like those players are, none of those players are really bad, but they're all getting paid a chunk of change. And you don't really have a lot of upside on the roster because I think besides Brunson and Luca, everyone's over the age of 28 on the team. So like you don't have those, young developing players that could like like Kaminga like I have no idea how good he's gonna be but you see like the pop on some of his dunks and just like the explosiveness and it's like okay there's definitely some playmaking in him uh when you're the Maz and you have like a more seems they seem to have a more veteran roster a lot of the time it's it's hard because it's like I don't know where the value is gonna be I do think they've set themselves up really well to make a trade in the next couple years because they have a lot of Veteran players who are solid, who are not bad players, they're making like in between like 15 and like maybe like $25 million. There's multiple contracts on the on the books like that. And it makes it easier to trade for maybe a disgruntled player or a player that has decided he's not going to resign with a team. And they do have some MO there to possibly swing a trade. So that's the West. Those are the teams I think that were worth covering and talking about and kind of exploring with their playoff windows um, will be. I actually ended up doing a lot more research than uh, I ended up talking about on the podcast. So I'm excited in the offseason to really dig into all these teams and go through more player by player. But next week, we're going to be talking about the playoff windows of teams in the East. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the B-Ball Index podcast. <laughs>